When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Introducing The Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Welcome in, folks, to The Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside my uh, one of my favorite buddies, Kevin Langley here. We got a big, big show. We had a lot of news over the weekend. Long weekend for a lot of us, but uh, some great stuff. Kevin's got some more weird shit in sports. And I've got a last call taking aim at my favorite basketball team, the LA Lakers. I hope you could sense the sarcasm there. Uh, first up, Kevin, U.S. Women's National Team won their second consecutive Women's World Cup. That is their fourth in the eight total Women's World Cups that have been held. Just utter dominance. And it was just a fun game to watch. And I'm just so hyped. And I love at the end when they were chanting equal pay in the stadium. It was a pretty cool moment. But, uh, yeah, proud of the ladies. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at how they've done. They uh, they have never finished worse than third in the World Cup, which is ridiculous to think about how dominant they've been over this run. Even when they're not winning, they're always a favorite to win, it feels. And this team's stacked. And my I had one issue after the game. And I, I, I'm a bad soccer fan, I guess. I didn't watch a lot of the Netherlands games. Their goalie didn't look that good. And I know during the broadcast, they were saying like, oh, she's a really, really good goalie. A lot of, and I'm not saying I could do better, but a lot of her saves were either came coming down to the fact that she's just big. She was just a tall, long arm goalie or luck. Like they got a shot off and it just skimmed off the goalie's ribs and missed the goal. I don't get why she won the gold gloves for the tournament. Now, I understand that maybe she was phenomenal and that was a bad game. But if you're having a bad game in the biggest game of your life, I don't think you should be winning the gold gloves. I mean, it's for the entire tournament, not just the, uh, this, like, one game. It's overall performance. That's one game, obviously. I don't know, man. It's like it's hard to judge a goalie sometimes because she could sometimes it could just come down to stats. Because I test can you and me both know I test and stats always tell two different stories, and especially in like a give or take scenario with like this, where like you know you didn't think on the eye test this goalie was as as good, but on the stat line she could have had like the most saves or you know. She could have had the least amount of goals allowed the entire tournament, and that would just automatically qualify in some sport in some like people in the deciding party's eyes. Whereas she could look like total horse crap, but the problem is her defenders are so damn good they only get like four or five shots on goal every game. So it's, yeah. it's a real interesting kind of con- especially with soccer because goalies in soccer, something like you guys like guys like Tim Howard back in the day for the U.S. who literally stood on their heads to save games. Now you have, like, you know, this could be a completely different story. The defense for Sweden could just be loaded. So, I mean, or Netherlands, yeah. sorry. And I'm not saying that she had a bad game. They lost 
in one of the they lost uh, U.S. scored two goals. One of the goals was on a PK that was awarded because of VAR, which is a very controversial topic. Yeah. So I get that. I'm not saying she's a bad goalie. I just am confused that there's no better goalies. And I'm not saying the U.S. goalie should have won either. She didn't really have to do much. She wasn't tested a lot during that game or the, from the games I watched during the tournament itself. So I don't know. Just based on the eye test, wasn't that impressed with the goalie. Don't get why. Well, I'm just I'm excited for the ladies, you know. Of course, uh, well, one I have a couple reasons why I love this team. Uh, of course, Julie Johnston Ertz. Uh, she of course is wife of one of my favorite athletes, Zach Ertz, and probably one of the biggest Eagles fans in the sports world. <clears throat> also, if I was six years older, I would be doing everything I could to marry Alex Morgan. She is like a, a dream woman to me. This girl is out here celebrating, twerking, and rapping, and taking like massive powders of champagne in the locker room like every real-blooded American woman should. Also, and, she could deke you out of your shoes. Oh, yeah, dude. She's just a freaking magician on the field. But, um, yeah, I was just so hyped for this team, and it's so great. Like, And, by the way, I will go one step further until the men's team can actually win a fucking game. And I, I'm, I'm, we're trying to cut back a curse here on the show, but at least until they win a damn game, the women should make more. I'm sorry. It's ridiculous because not even until they win a game, just the women should make more. They bring in more revenue. Nike released that the women's sale, the sales from women's jerseys, this, this world cup is the most Jersey sales they've ever had. Jersey tomorrow. Shit. Like I, like she's one of my favorite athletes and she's like awesome. And she's exciting to watch. And the craziest thing to me is like, besides Pulisic and my boy Yeldon, Yeldon, like, I'm not – I mean, like, we could have a good team next World Cup. We go to our resident soccer fan, Justin, when we talk about this stuff. But I just – it's just – it's it baffles me. I mean, in a world where we, like, preach equality and feminism and women's rights and everything being equal, a women's soccer team that clearly – like, I understand the WNBA and the NBA. There's a little bit of a, a revenue difference. But I think the WNBA should make the same – like, 50% of the revenue just like the NBA does – but at the same time, or at least as close to it as, like, like financially possible without bankrupting the league. <clears throat> the other thing is, like, in this case, the women are so dominant. They're so good. They've won four World Cups. Like, it's in, there's no question in my mind they should make more. Yeah, and, and also bo- – Their bonus should out – should out completely out for just for winning the damn title. It's insane to me. Yeah. But, I you know, think but, – uh, you want you want that point? Yes, I think what this team has done and how they've dominated, they had fun doing it. They were outspoken. I think that is hopefully going to give chances to more of these leagues: the WNBA, the National Women's Soccer League, the National Women's Hockey League. I think it's people are going to go. Well, hey, women can play sports just as well, if not better, than their male counterparts. We should watch these sports more. Exactly. And I think that will hopefully bring in the revenue. Yeah, there you go. I would even watch a pickup game. I would. I want to see the women take on the men because I feel like it'd be a pretty. Cl- I mean, the men are just fast, but I feel. Yeah, like it'd be I a still game. think the women. I've had this conversation with my dad. I think the women would still win because of their the skill level. I think they could just outpossess the men. The women like counterattacking, but or the men, being on the yeah, attack. All right. The one time we were actually decent, that was 2014. What was our best skill? 
We were the most physical damn team in the tournament. We had guys like Jermaine Jones chucking dudes to the ground in the middle of games. And then we had our little speedsters on the outside. But even Josie Altasaur is the size of a wide receiver. And he's just running by all these little guys who are trying to defend him. I think, like, that's the thing. Like, our women's team does what America does best. We're aggressive. We're loud. We're, we showboat. We we score. Like, I think that any team that represents us, look at the look at our basketball team. Come on. We dunk on people. We hit bombing threes. We just destroy everyone in football and soccer and basketball. And to me, I think our men's team should embrace that as well. Like, this should be a teaching moment to the men's team because they lost in the Copa final. But you know what? Good for them for the Gold Cup final because at least they made it to it. And um, I don't know. That's, I think it's a good way to kind of a positive step for soccer in America. All right. We're going to shift gears here. Uh, next thing on tap is the big news. I woke up Saturday morning with a wee bit of a hangover, but because, you know, you go out and you celebrate the fourth. I had to celebrate a day late because I thought I was working on Friday until about 10 o'clock when manager's like, yeah, you're good. We A job got canceled. So I'm like, all right, party time. Let's rock. But, um, I mean, so wrong day. I got my day. So, but anyway, so I woke up on Saturday morning after going to a little barbecue. I woke up with a little, my head, a little dizzy. I saw Kawhi Leonard signs with the Clippers. And I was just like, ooh. I was just so hyped. As you all know, I am not a fan of LeBron the Lakers. Maybe it's my fact that I am a Kobe purist. I respect that man more than I'll ever respect LeBron as a basketball player. I just the, – the fact that they try to put him in the same sense to me is just disrespectful right now. But, uh, you know, I just – and the fact that he went to Kobe's team and the fact that it's just chaos and the fact that it could have been a super team of like four possible stars – with a bunch of role players is ridiculous. I'm so hyped they went to Clippers. And Paul George, that I didn't see coming. Now, Kevin, I'll let you weigh in on this, but, like, this is a little crazy. Like, I the, now, like, there's about 10, 12 teams that I could seriously see making a run, possibly 13 if you want to throw some wild cards in there. But it's insane how many good teams on both conferences have a shot this year. Parity is back in the NBA, and I – Freaking love it. I I agree with you. I I'm not as surprised by the Paul George thing as some were because he said when he asked for a trade from the Pacers that he wanted to go to LA. And the Lakers were the front runner at the time, but and then he went to OKC, the Lakers were in disarray. He liked playing with Paul jo- or with Russell Westbrook. But then as kind of once he realized that there might be an opening, and after that stack team they get knocked out of the playoffs twice. I think he kind of realized, like, wait, I can go play with one of the top three players in the world in my hometown. Yes, get me there any way possible. I also think, you know, we're going to talk about Westbrook in a minute. As uh, right now, I have the Home Run Derby up on my other screen. As uh, we have Vladdy Guerrero and Jock Peterson tied at 37 home runs apiece right now. In a swing off. <clears throat> but I got to keep going with this, like. There's a lot of issues here. We'll talk about Sam Pre- – I think it was a little Sam Presti this year. But here's the thing about Kawhi. He want the reason that everyone was talking Lakers are the favorite, Lakers got this, Lakers got this, is because the Clippers could not get a star to go along with Kawhi. That was the deciding factor. And as of fr- Friday afternoon, Doc Rivers thought they weren't getting him. But I guess 
Jerry West swung a miracle ball and essentially was able to pull off getting uh, Paul George. And now Kawhi was like, all right, game, let's do this. I just, I love it. I'm excited to see how Doc Rivers and Paul George get along after that story that kind of resurfaced about Paul George was dating Doc's daughter and then knocked up a stripper in Miami while they were dating. Listen, man, that's just drama. Allegedly. Allegedly. So I don't want to don't want to throw any fake news out there, but allegedly that's what happened. Yeah, I, I you know, I just I can't I don't trust half that. Like half those rumors are like crazy. And, you know, I what I, I get the whole smoke when there's smoke, there's fire. But unless I see multiple signs of smoke, I'm not going to jump on a story like that. But it's going to be interesting to see. I think the Clippers have the most dominant front court defensively. You have Patrick Beverly guarding the nose, and then you have your wings or Kawhi and PG. Both were MVP candidates last year. I mean, not, yeah. And then you throw back there, you got Montrez Harrell, who's literally the human incarnation of the Energizer Bunny, just swatting shots and grabbing rebounds. Also, I love his sneaker collection. So, um, But the dude is crazy. And then you have a bunch of other players that can – you have Zubac, who's nuts. You have Lou Williams coming off the bench. That that Clippers team, maybe a third – maybe third through one seed easily. And thirds if they can't get the chemistry right. It's a one seed if they uh, they pull this off. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for this. I really am. You, you were talking about disrespect, though, kind of towards Kobe and stuff. I'm thinking it's disrespectful. Did you see, I think it was Bleacher Report put something out. Oh, look at the resemblance between this Clippers team and the Bulls team of the 90s with Dennis Rodman, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Steve right. Kerr. Steve, what? Bleacher Report said this? I, I, I'm pretty sure that's who put it out originally. I've seen it all over the place. Yeah, all right. Well, first of all. Bleacher Report is us. We are our friend of the show, Steve Perrault, who is an employee there. So I will give the, and you know some of the reporting is very good, but some of the writers can swing a little heavy. I mean, hey, listen, you go to Belly Up Sports right now, you read some of our guys' articles. They really take that be bold standout thing way too seriously, and they start taking some moonshot like takes. But here's the thing, I enough with the comparing, because Jordan's Bulls were dominant in, in a time where hand checking was legal. It was physical. There are things that are just like you can't understand how the game the game was a little slower. Big men were dominant. So these guards like MJ who could just attack the basket at will. And that was back in the day where the three pointer wasn't huge. It was just get a bucket, which you're starting to see the league turn into now. Again, as we saw with the uh the Raptors winning, they didn't shoot the most threes, they just made the most points. And the same thing with the Blazers, who gave every team but the – they were just gassed when they played the Warriors, but they, that's how they won their series. So to me, I am looking through the whole – oh, geez. I'm sorry. I'm like – uh, by the way, folks, an update. Uh, Peterson and uh, Guerrero went into a swing-off. The second round of the swing-off, uh, Guerrero hits two dingers. He's up 40 to 38 right now. Peterson coming up if you want your update. Uh, that was mostly for Kevin because, you know, everyone's going to hear this tomorrow. They'll see the news. But, yeah, Vlagaro Jr. was my pick, by the way, once the yellows dropped out. We'll talk about that later. But final story with this is just like, you know, you can't. Like, I just – you can't compare teams like this anymore. I get comparisons 2000 to now. That makes sense. Or if a guy's got a similar style of ball. But comparing teams is difficult because the league was different. 
There was less stars. There was less, like, spread out play. There was a lot more parity. I mean, a lot less parity in the 90s. You had, like, maybe, like, 10 teams that were good, and the rest were just hot garbage. But, um, yeah, I so. I don't have issue with comparing teams. Like, if some team comes out and just tries to score as many points, doesn't care about defense that much, yeah, compare them to the run TMC Warriors, because that's a fair comparison. I just think it's ridiculous to compare this team to the greatest team that has ever stepped on a basketball court before they've even played a game together. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I think they have a shot at winning a title, but it's going to be weird. I mean, I love – it's also the Clippers. we got to remember it's also the Clippers. At one point, they had DeAndre Jordan, Paul, um, Chris Paul, and Blake Griffin in a very good bench, and they still couldn't get past the first round. Yeah. Almost as dysfunctional as the Timberwolves. All right, watch your mouth. <clears throat> so, speaking of uh, <clears throat> dysfunction, the <clears throat> Oklahoma State Thunder now have dealt. Oh, by the way, folks, uh, I do believe that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. won the home run derby. Just uh, he beat Peterson swing off. But Russell Westbrook is now a lone wolf again in Oklahoma City. Here, there's a little problem here, and uh, we've been talking about how, you know, there's dysfunction everywhere, and we got to think about something here. Like, now I'm hearing rumors about him possibly going to Miami or other unlisted teams or the the Rockets, which would be god-awful, but... Saw the Timberwolves, too. I don't... You saw the Timberwolves? Yeah, I saw they were interested. Well, I told you, I told you what I te- what Kevin, what did I text you uh, on Saturday about that? Probably that it was a bad idea. No, I told you it was a great idea. I yeah. told you his game fits. Oh, Minnesota. There it is. Yeah, I said Wiggins, two first rounders, and like a bunch and a couple, and maybe another role player. And Teague. And Teague. Um, that team would that Westbrook would fit in beautifully with Minnesota. They've got a lot of stretch shooters, a stretch five. And he could almost go back. He likes the isol. He likes the isolation of you know Oklahoma City a little bit. And Minnesota's a little more is a, a bigger city, but it's still as isolated as Oklahoma City is. I feel like he would really fit with Towns because Towns is intense, but can sometimes be not like this. Could use a guy in the front court helping him. I think a slashing point guard would fit perfectly in that system. But anyway. We're missing a. Uh, I'm I'm noticing a trend here. Harden leaves. Ibaka leaves. George leaves. Durant leaves. Possibly now Westbrook's leaving. I'm thinking the the problem in Oklahoma City Thunder is not exactly Westbrook as much as it's Sam Presti. Now he maybe had the single run of draft greatest run of draft picks I've ever seen. Three MVPs in three years. Incredible judgment of player personnel. By the way, folks, a uh, quick update. I was wrong. It is Okuna versus Guerrero in the finals. Right? I believe it's hard with uh, subtitles and uh, no uh, audio as I'm trying to record at the same time. It's hard for Jared. No, it's not. It's just reading when I'm, ha- when I'm running on six hours of sleep and a 10-hour shift and a two-hour workout. Not a great combo. But Weird flex, but okay. Oh, God. Shut up, Drew. Um, worst, I just – Sam Presti in the front office the, to the – of the Thunder to me just seems so off and they seem like they just missed the, like the cut. Like 
you had a great set with George and <clears throat> Westbrook, but after that, their team just kind of felt like a bunch of miscellaneous pieces just kind of thrown together. <clears throat> and they never really able to make it past the first second round. So if they do deal with us, but let's just say hypothetically he goes to my Timberwolves and we send him a you know Wiggins, Teague, couple picks, whatever. And now they have so many picks they don't know what to do with. If Presti doesn't turn this team into a bunch of good players or figure out some way to get another star or bring in a developing role player to go with Wiggins or maybe Wiggins turns his career around Oklahoma City, I don't know. All I'm saying is that maybe Westbrook is as much of a problem as everyone thinks he is playing with him. Maybe Presti has got an issue, is an issue. Because that's the one thing I'm kind of realizing people aren't, aren't acknowledging as much as, like, they can't keep stars. And Oklahoma City is not as isolated as you'd think. It's, like, only a couple hundred miles from Las Vegas. It's a couple hundred miles from, like, uh, Austin, Texas, whatever. But it's, like, it's not in, like, the most isolated part of the country, like, you know, where Minnesota, where you got to drive, like, you got to fly two hours to get to the next si- big city. I don't know. I just it feels very uh, something's I, like wrong there in the front office. That's not just on Westbrook. Yes, he doesn't need to stop with the whole triple double crap. I think he needs to just focus more or less on just getting wins and taking a chill pill until about February. I agree with you because if you look at a lot of star players who have left, like obviously they can't go out and say, yeah, it's all Russell Westbrook's fault. But KD, when he was doing his little burner stuff, he said, take Westbrook off that team and look at it. I can't win with that. And he didn't have an issue. It didn't seem like he had an issue with Westbrook. And then Paul George, someone, forget who, but someone from ESPN tweeted, a very famous person, tweeted, I'm not here for the Russell Westbrook slander. And Paul George was like, yeah, no, I agree. I love Brody. Or something along those lines. It wasn't exactly that. Because one of the most beloved players in the league. It's not people like playing with him. It's just like, I think getting out of Oklahoma – Talk about players. You know, we talk. You know, we talked about ad nauseum with freaking Odell Beckham just need a fresh start. Maybe Russell Westbrook is the same thing. Yeah, Maybe, I, I just I look at I look at the fact that you know maybe we're talking about if he goes to the new squad. I just him going to Houston is just a bad idea. I think you know Daryl Morey's an idiot. Everyone's like, oh, he's a great GM. No, he's a – I am just never been a fan of Daryl Morey. Let's accumulate stars and elite talent. The the era of the dream team is over, of like the of those like big three, big fours. We're now going back to dynamic duos with supporting cast, which I do think is a better fit for the NBA. There's enough stars to go around. Um, I look at – you know, I look at guys like – I look, you know, both LA teams. We got Davis and LeBron and Kawhi and PG. You go up to Boston. They have uh, Kemba and Jason Tatum. You go down to um, you go to Portland. They've got essentially two Bs at equal an A in uh, Whiteside and McCollum, and then you have Dame Lillard. It's and you have. Um, I guess Philly. You got Simmons and Embiid. Yeah, and you can go Utah with. Uh, Rudy Gobert is a, a, a he's a, he's a star defensively, and then you have uh, Donovan Mitchell. So I and you of course you have Stephen Clay. So I think that fits better for the NBA. There's a lot more stars spread out. I think Oklahoma City Thunder right now needs to just blow that entire 
maybe the wrong use of words, but like, you know, restart the entire roster and front office. Yeah, because they're over the luxury tax even after trading Paul George, which is wild to me because without Paul George, they have Steven Adams, whose contract's not terrible, but not a good one in Westbrook. And that's really it. I don't get how a team built around those two as your best players is over the luxury tax. And they're over by a fair bit. Yeah, it's not like they're, like, just squeaking over it. This is what – it cracks me up about this whole soft cap with the NBA. But you know what? Honestly, I look at how the whole league is set up. I think Westbrook – if we're, we're getting too far off topic with this, but I just think Westbrook needs a clean start. Yeah. I do. I think him going to a smaller market, playing with a younger star, would be, like, a great thing for it. A big – another small market – because it allows him to essentially restart his career, like almost hit like a, a a micro reboot on his career. Like if he goes to Minnesota and they go to the like and they just become like a nasty team, I'm not saying they're gonna win a title there, but like I mean I could dream. But you know he goes there with Towns and Culliver and like all these young guys and just starts like you know tearing it up. We're talking about Westbrook, the rejuvenated star, and it may be the best thing for his career possible. I'm not sure. I just don't think you should go Jimmy Butler because that just would be a bad idea. Um, I, th- I think it'd be funny to see them fight though, like oh in the middle God. of a game. It would be like a UFC fight in the middle of the, in the middle of Hardwood. All right, last. Okay, we talked a little bit nausea about the home run derby. Can we just talk about? Okay, so Christian Yelich they pulled out because of a back injury. Um, there's reports that like he may have not been as hurt as he thought he. he everyone says he is, and he just wants to not play in the derby because of uh, you know concerns about a swing and the derby curse and i do admit baseball players it's a weird thing like this year is such a star studded the only guy i didn't really recognize i knew the guy's name but i didn't really watch him was matt chapman you got peter alonzo probably the best one of the best young power hitters acuna same thing of course vladdy guerrero jr most likely the rookie of the year um yeah jock peterson just like a lot of great sluggers, and it felt very big this year. And I'm, I, it's big enough where I'm du- dual screening it with my uh, computer right now. But <clears throat> I, I'm always a big proponent of the home run derby. I think that the MLB needs to work on possibly figuring out why guys who participate lose their swing in the next, uh, in the, in like the following half of the season. That's why I'm always kind of happy that Goldschmidt, when he was on our on our roster, never really participated. It was always kind of a, uh, you know, always all the other stars. And I always pick a favorite. Like Josh Hamilton versus Justin Morneau was probably one of the greatest home run derbies I ever watched. Um, you know, I loved seeing Ryan Howard a few years ago. <clears throat> it's just, like, I love seeing the home run derby. It's one of my favorite events in sports. Like, I used to love the dunk contest, and then, like, I don't know, the year after. we ran out of dunks. Yeah, and then, like, you know, we've got jumping over mascots on iPads and hoverboards, and it's just, it's ridiculous. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I always be a fan of the Home Run Derby. The MLB does All-Star Week really well. They always yeah. have. The changes to the Home Run Derby, too, they made recently make it so much better. The bracket, yeah. it's It makes it so much more entertaining. Yeah. And it's, like, swing-offs is just a great idea. So, <clears throat> I think part of the reason, though, why... Lately, at least, a lot of guys are kind of—I think it's twofold. If a veteran comes in, a guy who's been in the league for a while, comes in, he can then more easily revert his swing back to, okay, now I'm back to playing meaningful stuff. I have to swing like I was before. But yeah. now you have a lot of young guys, like last year, the big name who 
went in and did well in the Homer Derby and then wasn't as good after was Aaron Judge. Exactly. And but I think that, part of the issue is also he – people don't – he's not as mature yet in the league. I'm not saying Aaron Judge is immature, but just he doesn't really know judge, how to hit. People also kind of figure out how to pitch the judge. Yeah, that was my thing. Like it's – with the break from the All-Star game, people have more time to study him and look at his swing and where his holes are and find out like, oh, if you throw him a fastball right here – he can't hit it, and then yeah. just start doing that to him all the time. See, what, guys like Acuna and um, Guerrero and Alonzo are going to be okay because, one, all three of these young guns just swing like they're trying to chop down a tree. They're all like the Carlos Gomez, Adrian Beltran types where they just try to just hack at that ball. So they're I'm not really worried about They're playing a home run derby every night. Oh, yeah. See, like guys like Yelich who have a very clean swing and Bellinger, like those guys I'd worry about because – their swings are not just built for power, even though I swear to God, Bellinger has like made a deal with like Thor just to like get like a, a supercharged lightning bat to hit home runs every other game. It seems like he never stops hitting them. He has a cork uh, bat. Check it out. MLB. MLB. Yeah. Look, Kevin's look into it. Yeah. Kevin, look into it. But yeah, no, I just I, I love the home run derby. All right, Kevin. It's your it's your it's your stage, my friend. We're we're uh, you have a som- more somber uh, weird stuff in sports today. It's it is my weird shit in sports segment, but it's not really weird shit in sports today. I would just like to call attention to the life and legacy of the hefty lefty, the Pillsbury throw boy, Jared Lorenzen, <sighs> Super Bowl champion. When he left college, he was, I believe, sixth on the SEC passing yards leader. He was fourth before the show. I know, and then I looked it up, and it was sixth. Okay. Don't worry. Won a ring in the Super Bowl that I don't like to talk about. <laughs> Although I watched an E60 clip about his life, and I actually watched some of those plays of that Giants team just out of respect to the man, the myth, the legend, Jared Lorenzen. Gone too soon. Rest in peace. The unfortunate thing was his body after he left the NFL just was just not good. Yeah, he tried to lose weight to kind of draw attention and try to inspire people who are struggling with um, obesity. He lost 80 pounds after one year, and when he lost 80 pounds, he went down to 477. That's insane. Then he just couldn't keep it off, and then just the weight issues – kept or the weight and health issues kept piling up. It it can just get you so young. He was always a big guy. He was, I think, 300 pounds when he was at Kentucky, which makes what he did even more unbelievable. He was so mobile for a guy his size. <clears throat> but I think one thing we got to realize is, like, you know, this calls to we are in a very fitness culture now, but oh, it's unfortunate because he, he had a lot of talent. I, I feel like his weight is the reason why he never really got taken seriously by teams. But, um, yeah, Eli uh, Manning actually even said that. It, some of those getting out of the pocket on the helmet catch, he, be, he was able to do that because the Giants did a drill where the other quarterbacks would just try to tackle you with no blockers. <clears throat> and Jared Lorenzen kind of helping him fig- yeah. get better at that and going at him like a D-tackle said, yeah, that really helped me be able to get out of the pocket on that play and make those throws. Well, you're welcome, America. If it wasn't for Jared Lorenzen's drill, Brady might have seven rings. <clears throat> and I would be happy. I would be miserable. Thoughts and prayers go out to the Lorenzen family. Yeah, definitely. That's my very sad, weird shit in sports. All right, folks. We talked a little today. We talked a lot of ball. 
It's the NBA offseason almost more is always more entertaining than the actual regular season itself, <clears throat> where it's like the reverse in the NFL. You know, me and Mark go nerdy about the draft, but in actuality, the NFL offseason is very like, except for a couple scandals and maybe some big tra- a big trade or something like that. It's very mellow. <clears throat> the NBA offseason is a goddamn soap opera. Speaking of soap operas, uh, last calls we uh, maestro kicked that smooth jazz. The LA Lakers. I love that franchise. There's so many players of, who are favorites of mine all time. You go from Kobe to Wilt, Magic, Big Jane, Big Game, James Worthy, Kareem, even guys like Shaq and the logo, the logo himself, who essentially just screwed the Lakers when they got Kawhi. Um, <clears throat> they have brought in some interesting characters in this offseason. One, they had to wait, and my our dear friend Kevin here tweeted us on before about how Kawhi essentially made the Lakers wait, and they really weren't able to get anybody or like some good big B-name stars. They got some okay guys. I mean, if you put their team together in a 2K roster, they're smoking everybody because you got shooters like Danny Green and um, who's the other shooter they got? Rajon Rondo? No, Rajon, I have a better jumper than Rajon Rondo. Um... <clears throat> But yeah, they got a they got Danny Green and a few other shooters, and they got you know a couple good role players, and they brought in some real personalities. Uh, Rajon Rondo, <clears throat> Boogie Cousins. I'm just waiting them for bring Swaggy P back or something, man, because like it, this is just gonna be entertainment. Because Boogie last year was even just crazy working for Golden State, but I think Steve Kerr kind of kept him under wraps. Oh man, this is gonna be entertaining. LeBron and Boogie just getting into it on the court. Um, I, I'm I, I look at the Lakers and everyone's talking about how they're still like the number two Vegas favorite. <clears throat> I really just am excited for the chaos that's gonna come through this. I um I really think that uh, we're gonna have a very very entertaining NBA season and watching the Lakers not win a title. I would will literally be another great thing to show with this season just a soap opera because you know guys drama moves the meter if i if i if i could i talk i would break down mlb stats and nfl film for two hours on a podcast but at the end of the day talking about this stuff is just what moves the meter and we're hopefully going to get me and kevin paid for doing this <clears throat> that's the hope <clears throat> that is the hope so that ever wraps up for last call but Kevin has another thing he wants to bring up. Mr. Langley, the floor is yours. Um, you brought up the woman you want to wife up on the U.S. Women's National Team. Alex and I just, I just want to officially say Rose Lavelle, sup? Okay, I uh, know. Mallory Pugue, uh, no, because she's she's my number one. Morgan, but like I'm seven years younger than her. And honestly, uh, she's married. Got to respect that. But uh, yeah, Mallory Pugue, sup? I'm two years younger than you, Rose, so that's not too bad. I'm a college graduate. I got an accounting degree, so yeah, yeah. I'm smart. College graduate, journalism degree, does a manual labor job, so I'm strong. I left <laughs> that part out. And it's okay. You know what? Some dudes got to grind so, went early in their life. So uh, yeah, that route wraps up for guys. As me and Kevin shot our shot our shots with the uh, our favorite ladies on the shooter shoot. Shoot or shoot, man, uh, with our favorite ladies in the women's national team. Uh, also, you're all very talented, and we don't mean Oh, yeah, we, we're not objectifying you any of them. You guys are all extremely talented and could yeah. probably beat us in any sport on the face of the earth. Oh, yeah. But um, 
That about wraps it up for us. Pretty short show today, 35 on the nose, but uh, I'm Jared. That's Kevin. We may do a show later in the week, depending on news. Right now, folks, just quickly, it's going to be until NFL season starts. We're going to be on a very, like, if there's news, there will be a show basis. Well, there will always be one show a week, generally be a Tuesday release. But if there's going to be multiple shows, it's going to be multiple news. And uh, we'll always update you guys. Of course, follow us on Instagram at the Corner Booth Pod. Facebook, Kevin's done a lot of work on that Facebook page, Corner Booth Pod. And, of course, Corner Booth Pod on Twitter. Follow us at Belly Up Kev, Belly Up Kev, Belly Up Jared, and Belly Up Riley. We will see you guys soon. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your host on Twitter at Belly Up Jared and at Mark Riley. 